dying to have a, a burrito from Chipotle. And they require me to wear a mask to go in there and get my burrito. I'll wear a burrito. Fasten your seatbelts. It's going to be a bumpy ride. You've got a real attitude problem, McFly. You're a slacker. Oh, maybe you need a timeout. Welcome to the Luke and Rory podcast. Here are two guys, knuckleheads if you may, who jump in front of a camera and do a Facebook Live show. You know, it's exciting. They've decided to take that Facebook Live show and put it into a podcast. Oh, good for you. Why? Because can you really get enough of Luke and Rory? Ah, that's a good one. Meet Luke Weaver, who's known for his dead sexy hair. You're an awful man. You are truly a disappointment to his own. Meet Rory Pitts, who's never found an apple cup he can't be disappointed about. I'm telling you, that man does not look stable. Two guys who went to the same high school, love the same music, love sports, love movies, and love their families. Look at these clowns and pig monkeys. All right. Looks like the boys are caffeinated and ready to go. I'm gonna get some coffee. You want some coffee? That's enough nonsense. Now let's join the show. Sound good? Uh, you know what? That's, you gotta admit that's one of the best ways to start the morning. Is with the uh, the old chairman of the board there. Yeah, started off with a little copyright violation. I love it. Yeah, that's right. That's right. That's exactly how we roll here. We did it last week. We'll do it again this week. <laughs> <laughs> I'm using it uncomfortably long like you did last week. Oh, uncomfortably long was perfect last week. Oh, last my week God. Show, like, yeah, show was uncomfortably long. Yeah. <laughs> I, I scheduled some showings. I come back. I'm like, wow, we're still doing the intro music. All right. Good to go. Good to go. Hey, good morning, everybody. Welcome to the Luke and Rory Show. I am not Luke. That guy over there is Luke. I'm Rory. And today, our special guest is the one, the only Tony Stark. Oh, wait. <laughs> Dustin Brome. <laughs> What's up? How's there it going, go, man? Great. How's life in Utah? Dude, went hiking yesterday. Uh, nice. Sunday, too. So, okay, my son's almost six. He's gone hiking yeah. a few times, right? Yesterday, dad decides, hey, let's go to the Salt Lake Overlook. It's uh, The sign said it was two miles one way, right? Okay. Like, we can do that. Well, it was two and a half miles one way. So we did a five mile round trip hike, which was just ridiculous. And so he's up there like doing the whiskey walk. His legs are so sore. <laughs> it's so funny, but he loves it. He's like, let's do it again. <laughs> I also did the whiskey walk yesterday, but for other reasons. <laughs> so. Fair enough. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, my goodness. What YouTube butt hits doing today? Uh, this show. That's about yeah. it. Yeah. That's that's about it. Yeah. <laughs> you got nothing else going on. You're nothing just, else uh, planned. My schedule's completely empty today. I've got nothing going on. <laughs> I got listening prep to do, but that's about it. Oh, I'm see, look at this guy trying to show us up. <laughs> There's plenty of times though. I mean, like on I think it was Saturday where Pitts posts online like out showing houses. And I'm like laying on the couch in my robe and I'm like, well, that's uh good on you, man. <laughs> This, this is gonna be a hard time getting me to move from this spot right now. Don't think that didn't go unnoticed. <laughs> my, my clients are calling and like, hey, can you show houses? I'm like, hold on, let me call Pitts. He's already out there. Let me see what he's doing. <laughs> I'm this out here, fellas. So I apologize. No, you're good. 
Well, as you can see, there's two of us. Uh, there's two of us drinking some coffee this morning, and I was briefly talking to Dustin about it before we started the show, and he was going to bring up a story, and I said, "Hold on, I don't know what the story is, but bring it on the show." So, mm. first things first. The whole reason this came up, I wanted to know, and I. I'd love to hear what you guys have to say out there. Put it in the comments. How do you guys like your coffee? Do you like use the K cup or do you do you do you just grab a scoop of Folgers and throw it into your coffee cup or do you do what I've done lately and I got myself a coffee grinder. And this thing, yeah, I've gone total nerd on this. This thing has a ceramic grinding wheel because if you use heat, it takes away from the flavor of the coffee bean. So yeah. with the ceramic grinding wheel, I, I love this thing. I absolutely love it. All I can think of, you guys have seen uh, Dance with Wolves, right? So that scene where Kevin Costner is trying to show um, the natives how he makes coffee. So when I start grinding this, I'm like, doing <laughs> one of these things. <laughs> uh, you're getting but, a little fancy there, Rory. Yeah. What's that? I, I know. I, I don't even know who I am anymore. Between my my French press and now I've got my coffee grinder, I'm just I'm like total Seattle foo foo now. You're a snob. That's you have to though. I'm a French press guy, so yeah, we take the time to you know heat the water, let it cool for a minute after it's heated, and then uh, French press for four minutes. There you go. Yep. Yeah. He, he knows what's going on. He, this is Hold how much on. show I know we have left. There you go. <laughs> when this is empty, the show's over. <laughs> yeah, I've, I've got to do decaf for a little while. I, Why is that? Okay, so, you know, quarantine's been crazy, right? Um, like most people, my routine just got totally jacked. My gym closed. And of course, I tell myself the story that, well, the gym's closed. I can't work out, right? Um, it's an easy excuse. Of course, right? Could obviously do it at home. <laughs> <laughs> right. But no, over the last few months, I just got super stressed. Um, didn't realize it. I mean, I, I knew it, but um, you know, like even though things are good and you're growing, um, it's still stress and, and just managing all these little things when I don't really have an assistant, unfortunately, I still do everything myself and I'm you know running multiple businesses. It just gets stupid. And, and over time it accumulates. And I started having chest pressure, chest pain, um, I'd, I'd have to, this, this really came to a head last Thursday, but like I'd have to take a deep breath and kind of sigh um, just to kind of like calm down. And I'm like, I'm like, shit, I should probably like talk to someone about this. Cause this isn't just stress. And, and I started feeling jittery. Um, it wasn't jittery, but like I felt that way, like this uneasy feeling and then the chest presser. So thank God for Teladoc, EXP, Teladoc, thank you. Um, hop on Teladoc. I kind of explain what's going on. They ask me some questions and they're like, like, it sounds like anxiety or stress, but we want to make sure that you're not having a heart attack. Right. So went to urgent care, got a um, EKG, which was normal, which is awesome. Um, still have some blood tests to do and stuff, but uh, it, anxiety and stress got to the point where it was like, is it stress or a heart attack? And, you know, I value my life and I like learning. So uh, one of the things that I'm going to do to just kind of chill is decaf coffee. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. It's a smart move, man. I went through and I think I've talked to Rory about this back. Gosh, it must've been 
12 years ago now, it's so like 2008. And I was a sales manager for an industrial sales company and, you know, a bunch of sales guys and just like a lot of stress as far as numbers and that kind of thing going all the time. And dude, I drank coffee. I, I just piled out a pot like every morning, you know, just without even realizing it. And then I do, I started same deal. I started getting like uh, really bad headaches, stress aches in my neck. I actually started getting rashes like on my arms and getting really ill, like really sick. And I, dude, I went through like a four month stretch where the doctors were like, Luke, you can't keep coming in here twice a week, man. Like it's anxiety, it's stress. We're telling you, and I'm like, no, 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 you guys don't understand. <laughs> like, no, I'm a Marine. We don't get stressed. This is fine. It's, it's, I'm, <laughs> I'm dying. That's what's happening. And they're like, no, you're not. It's all anxiety. And um, they said, have you tried cutting out coffee? And so I cut coffee and sure enough, the headaches and neck pain started to go away. Uh-huh. And then, um, and then I, yeah, I, I eventually gave into the idea that maybe, just maybe, it was stress and anxiety, and uh, started working on some stuff to do that. And dude, went away. It was, you know, it's ever since then. I'm like, all right, I suppose I try to talk people into talking to me about being a professional. I should talk to professionals about what they do. So smart. I mean, you know, yeah. Even though things are good, if things are good or bad, if you're busy. And you don't do anything to reduce stress if you yeah. just like if you're like I got this, which is kind of the attitude that I have is like I'm just gonna keep going because I yeah. love what I do. Yeah. It, uh, but it's still stress, and that has a negative effect on the body. So yeah, yeah it, the best part about it, like the silver lining of it, is now I know. Now yeah. I know, uh, and so I'm. It's conscious. It's it's something I can proactively work on. So back to the gym, better diet. All the same stuff that we've learned since we stuff that you know. <laughs> yep, exactly. Uh, that we just choose not to do. We 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 just put it down on the list of priorities, or don't we don't even put it on the list at all. So now that stuff's right back to the top. And thank yeah. God I live, you know, 15 minutes from mountains and the national forest. So yeah. um, gone hiking the last couple of days in a row, and that's really helped. Good for um, you, man. Yeah, you know, and it, it's so it's so important. Like right now, I go for an hour long walk. It's not much of a it's not much of an up or down kind of walk, but it's just it's just a walk. And I live right down the road from Bradley Lake, which is just a nice little community park lake area. And I just walk around the lake, and you know, there's the geese out there with their little baby goslings, and there's eagles up in this in the trees trying to get them. And you know, it's just it, it's it's nice to kind of just get away. Like I'll put my phone on do not disturb and, and what Luke knows this because he's always kind of constantly trying to get in touch with me, but I'll put my phone on do not disturb because I want that hour to just de-stress. And, and it's like you said, it might not be conscious stress. It might not be something that you recognize as Holy crap. I got to get this stuff taken care of, but there's stuff that's on your mind. And that's one thing I've been trying to work on for myself is to, is to not let those things uh, foster in my head. Like, you know, I don't know if you ever run across this either one of you guys, but you'll, you'll store things in your head. Like, okay, I got to take care of that tomorrow. And I got to take care of that tomorrow. I should write these things down. No, I'll remember it. I'll just keep it right here and I'll keep it right here and right here. And the next thing you know, you're just like, why am I so freaking on the edge? And it's because you're trying to remember everything going on. For me, I've been doing this for almost two years now. I use Evernote. I use Evernote and I just, I get it out of my head right away and I come back to it later. And I, <laughs> sometimes I go, what the hell was I trying to say with this note? <laughs> yeah. I but say the I'm same thing. Get out of my head. 
I say the same thing about your notes. What the hell true. is he trying to say with this note? I don't know. Well, listen, Mr. Penmanship there. <laughs> this guy, dude, you should see this guy. This guy over here, you should see his. He, he's like, if there's a book about cursive writing, he's writing it in real life. I mean, it, his is perfect. <laughs> I'm not messing with him. It's like a six-year-old son. He's graduating kindergarten in a few days, but his his cursive is ridiculous. <laughs> good. good, it's so good. good. It's, it's one of those art. things. Like, I, I was like, "Why the hell are you teaching kids cursive? They'll never need to use it, right?" But <laughs> when they're that young, I guess it helps their brain. It's a, it's an exercise. So that's yep. good. Wow, yeah, kindergarten. That's cool. I didn't learn it till third grade. It's good for yeah. kids' brains. I also think it's good. Like, I always took a lot of pride in penmanship as a kid, and like through school. And I just think it's. I tell my kids the same thing, man. I make them like, I'm like, no, rewrite that. That looks like crap. And they're like, Dad, but you can read it. And I'm like, take pride <laughs> in what you do, man. But if I look at this, I think you're a slob. Like, I mean, just look decent in your presentation. Do the best you can. So whatever. That's just me. Oh my goodness. Well, I'm glad to hear that you're uh, you're getting proactive on that, man. Just the Thank thought you. of the thought of you not being around sucks, but the thought of not being able to drink coffee, that sucks even more, man. I mean, <laughs> let's <know>. be honest. <laughs> <laughs> you're like, oh brother, Brom's not doing well. Coffee? <laughs> <laughs> imagine, imagine if like during this quarantine, they they like coffee shops could not open. Like you could not get coffee. Oh my gosh. It'd be World War Three. Are you guys back to like relatively normal over there? Where are you guys? Dude, I got stuck in rush hour traffic yesterday. It's, oh. <laughs> it's, it's completely, for the most part, aside from the presence of masks here or there. Yeah. Totally back to normal, except for like restaurants and um, from the outside looking in, yeah, totally normal. Crowds everywhere, people just doing their thing. Um, yeah, it's, it's wild. We're lucky in Utah. Yeah, you are. Yeah, you yeah. are. Meanwhile, up here, dude, it looks like freaking an airport in Hong Kong. Everyone just walking around with the masks on and, you know, you get the evil. My buddy Casey got, um, I didn't get a chance to tell you about this, Rory. Casey got, he walked into Qdoba yesterday in Kent and he didn't have a mask on and they started hollering at him. And he like, do I have a mask? And he finally just, got, he finally was like, he was, dude, I got so pissed. I was like, are you going to effing make me a burrito or what? And just yelled at him. And they were like, uh, he's like, just make the damn burrito. Yeah, and you're trying to pay you money for food. Yeah, it's just crazy, man. It's it's wild up here. I don't. We're gonna be the last state hanging on. It's a given. I think we uh, are. In New York. Uh, King County, King County, just uh, yesterday. That, and I think that's part of why Casey probably yeah, did that. King yeah. County said, "Hey, it, it's like it's not mandatory, but it's one step below mandatory of everybody wearing a mask." Well, they can't make it law, but yeah, no. they can basically harass you and publicly shame you. So yeah, yeah, yeah. In Utah right now, you have to wear masks to go into most eating establishments. Um, it's just because the health department will harass the the restaurant or whatever. Um, yeah. So it's people are just kind of checking the box. They're like, okay, and then they take yeah. off to eat. Um, yeah. It's weird, but like I haven't seen it really enforced except for. Well, even at Costco, um, yeah. I, I saw a few people were like, I have a health condition. I'm not going to be like, restricting my breathing. So you can let yeah. me shop or not. They let them shop. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. wow. Okay. Okay. What about, so the gyms are open though. You went to the gym. So yeah. Yeah. The gyms opened okay. on the 7th, at least my gym, Vasa Fitness. It's a chain thing. Um, we have 
two here right now that are being that the governor has threatened uh, as recently as this morning they opened one in Arlington which is north of Seattle and then one here in Puyallup where Roy and I are at um, and they they've put in thermal scanning machines at the front door to see if people have you know running a fever at all um, sanitized crazy they aren't allowing so many people in there so that they maintain social distancing the one guy's got a 20,000 square foot gym and he's only it's up to 60 people in there at a time, which is way below where it should be, you know, as far as the social distancing norms. And he refuses to close. And the governor threatened this morning with a civil lawsuit. And he was like, bring it on. He goes, how, how is there any how are people any less safe in here than there are with the, the hordes of people that are in Walmart on Saturday? So, um, you know, and I, I'm, I'm on his side, man. Let the guy run his gym. I And he, he says it's essential. And, you know, just like what you're saying with like, your health and feeling good about yourself, how is that not essential? Completely agree. Yeah. Yeah. It, people need to just take a freaking chill pill a little bit. Like the, yeah. the, the, the extremes on both sides are, are insane and I can't handle it. Like, yes. Well, yeah. People are like, yeah. it's all a scam. It's all a hoax. It's all whatever. Like, okay, like I'll listen to that. Is that accurate? I don't yeah. know. Maybe, maybe parts are, I don't know. Um, and then the people that are like, you need a mask in your car and and damn you to hell if you even get in your car to drive as if COVID <laughs> blows out the tailpipe as you're driving through the neighborhood, you know? <laughs> and the shaming that happens on social media is out of control. Like, it, oh. can we just have some common sense about Dude. it? I'm glad you brought up the car thing, man. I, th I about got in an accident the other day to light because someone was turning left in front of me and I look and he's rolling with no one else in the car and he's got the mask on and I and my light was and I'm just watching the guy as he goes by and I'm like I don't even I want to follow you just because I want to know who you are like I just need to talk to you I don't uh, I'm trying to understand Andrea's yeah. on here uh, she says good morning good morning Andrea good to see you yeah it's, you know, uh, and we've, we've mentioned a couple times on here personal responsibility. Uh, you know, Luke knows this Whoa. about two weeks ago. I, uh, well, well, two weeks ago I posted that I was standing, I was standing in line. I was social distancing. They got the freaking little placards, stand here, slave, you know, do these kind of things. <laughs> and, and I'm following it. And there's a, there's a guy behind me who's making some, um, uh, some snarky comments that are obviously directed at me, but he's not talking to me about me not You're wearing doing the, hop and pop, the weight shift thing. Yeah. Yeah. Just yeah. And, and so I posted that on social media and I actually had a couple people go after me saying, how could you do that? How could you put people in danger and, and da, 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 da. And, and then to contrast that on Saturday, in order to go show new construction houses, I had to put on glasses. I had to put on a mask. I had to wear gloves. And my point was, is if I have to do it in order to do something, I'll do it. So like a restaurant, if they say, if I'm just dying to have a, a burrito from Chipotle, and they require me to wear a mask to go in there and get my burrito. I'll wear a burrito. You wear a burrito. I'll yeah. wear a burrito. All right, time, wear a burrito. Time stamp that. Time stamp that. That is the beginning of the show this week. <laughs> <laughs> my point is this: is if it's necessary for that business and they want me to wear a mask in order to do business there, I'll do it. But if it's not required, I'm not going to do it. But the shaming. The shaming on social media is insane. There are so many people out there that are taking both the red pill and the blue pill at the same time and short-circuiting. <laughs> yeah. Look, I understand. Like, if you really believe 
that we all have it or or we could all be transmitting it to somebody and then my my dad with cancer and diabetes will die like if that's what i believe yeah i'm gonna get pissed like like you're putting yeah. my family in jeopardy and blah 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 like i get it but um that's so that's the extreme on one side like let's dial it back to the middle because it the people that don't even question first off is a mask even effective is it even effective like right okay, and i'm not saying it is or isn't but shouldn't we ask <laughs> i will love yeah. <laughs> the people that wear gloves like the gloves are just contaminated i saw i saw um, oh, dude. oh it was hilarious i saw a picture and it was a meme that um on like the, the card reader thing at a grocery store, they put plastic over the buttons, right? And it's like, well, this is great. The only thing the, the only thing that's germ-free are the buttons. Like <laughs> now everyone's yeah. just touching the plastic instead of yeah. touching the buttons, right? Yeah. Uh, there's just, it, there's a lack of thinking things through. And I'm not saying like we shouldn't do or whatever. Um, it, it's just causing people to not think. And it comes from where do they get their news from? And it, it, it really is coming down on political lines. It's bizarre, but you can tell where people are getting their information from and the slant on that information. You yeah. know, it's funny. Out of all of it. I funny. had a, I've got a friend who sent me a message and said, you know, I might wear a mask just because I want to feel a little bit more safer, but I'm going to have, I'm going to put my gun in a holster and have it open carry. So at least people know that I'm a Republican. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and look, if you if, if wearing a mask makes you feel better, wear it. Awesome. Yeah. Well, and you know, you mentioned something uh, a couple of minutes ago. You're like, oh, you know, if your dad has diabetes, cancer, and all that, and so you're worried about him, and that's your narrative. But like, dude, look, my dad has COPD. He's had it for years. He's 68 years old. Like, he's high risk. He lives in California. Dad keep your ass at home. Like, I mean, just that's that simple. And he has, he's gone nowhere. Like he's, he's had groceries delivered and uh, when they're delivered, he has, he brings them into the garage and then basically stands out there naked with a fumigator and freaking, you know, and then puts himself through the chemical shower before he goes in the house. <laughs> and he, he's got a couple, um, you know, he's got a couple prescription drugs that he needs to take and he has them delivered and, and same deal. And like, it's not that, hard like how am i putting how you know what i'm saying like i'm not wearing a mask how am i putting that guy at risk you know like a guy like my dad who's just being smart staying out of harm's way and that kind of thing like you know people want to put me it irritates me that people want to put me, like make me responsible for their decisions or make me responsible for how they carry their life and i'm like no 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 no. if you're that stressed out about people not wearing masks or you're high risk or whatever it is stay your ass at home just, you know, stay out of harm's way and stop, you know, getting pissed off at the rest of the world for what they're doing. Yeah. Personally. Look, if it, if this was Ebola or something that was like highly, highly contagious and that was not debated, it'd be a completely different narrative. Right. But it's debatable yeah. on how, how it's even contracted, how it's passed, how, like, who's going to get it, who isn't, like, all of that. I hear different answers everywhere. And so that's why you've just, everyone take a chill pill and and realize people have different perspectives on it just i don't know i'm kind of exhausted yeah. by the whole thing yeah it's I hear heart, guys. It's bad for my heart yes I hey agree. good morning molly molly is doing uh she's like the poster child for physical distancing right now in uh corona paradise that's well, because she can't walk how's the ankle? yeah how's the ankle molly <laughs> 
Well, you know what? Hey, I will move the conversation here into a little bit, uh, still kind of in the same vein. Uh, I was reading an article this morning about uh, three and four Americans. Check this out, you guys. Three out of four Americans. Uh, no, I'm sorry. Eight out of 10 Americans believe that uh, we should be getting a stimulus check every single month until coronavirus is completely eliminated. Eight out of 10. Bro, you're going to get me fired up again. I just watched our episode from Thursday and I lost my freaking <laughs> talking about this. Just lost it. I didn't even recognize myself. This is like, <laughs> dude, I was talking to somebody recently. I told you this a while ago and I actually, I think I brought it up on the show. Amazon went on gangbusters hiring like crazy, like all of their warehouses everywhere was just like, I mean, if you can, if you can walk and breathe, you have a job. Like they weren't even interviewing people. They were just like, you want a job? Here you go. Like, here's a badge. Come in here and throw some boxes. And for like 18, 20 bucks an hour, I mean, not chump change, you know, like pretty decent money for somebody. And I talked to a couple of people who had been laid off and were at home from their jobs that like, they don't make a ton of money at. And I'm like, Bro, Amazon's hiring. It's like 19 bucks an hour. Fred Meyer's hiring personal shoppers for like 18, 19 bucks an hour. And they're like, yeah, I'm just going to hold on to the unemployment and see this thing through. And I'm like, what is wrong with people? Like, I don't, we talked about this the other day and someone kind of got on our, not got on our case, but mentioned to us like, hey, don't, don't like poo poo on um, unemployment. And I'm like, no, I'm saying, I, I get it. Unemployment is a necessary thing that's out there. But if you're an able-bodied person and you can work and there are places that are like, hey, we will pay you to come in here and just like sort for boxes or whatever, then do it, man. And I, I said this the other day, it's your right or I mean, it's your duty as a person just to be a decent person as a parent to give an example to your kids. Like you want your six-year-old to like see that like, hey, if times were tough, dad's going to go out and bust his ass and, and make sure that we got bread. You know what I mean? And then it's your duty to your freaking country just as a citizen get go out and work so that people who really can't that the money's there for them in the long run because this is going to broke the whole system man it's just going to break the whole damn thing and then when people really need the money it's not going to be there it's just not it's it's dude, it's so frustrating to me people are willing to just sit at home on their hands and do nothing instead of going out and doing something that they could actually make okay money at. yeah uh, there's such better there would have been better um solutions i think and i'm not a freaking economist I don't even play one on on Facebook. But, um, right, I literally refer to an economist on the leader, aren't it? Yeah, there's, there's just such better solutions out there. Like, here's the thing, man. Like, first off, at the very, you said that stat: eight out of ten people, right? I well, the very first thing that people should be asking themselves when they hear something, instead of like, "Oh my God, everyone wants free money," is what question was asked. Who was it asked to? Like, what was the exact verbiage of the question? Right? Because stats could be manipulated. Yep. So that's what I think is like, okay, first off, is that even accurate? Who the hell are these people that were asked? And what question were they asked? Because that matters. Oh, that's so true. Yes. So, but let's just take it on yep. a face. Like, I, I don't believe that eight out of 10 people want, want money from the government into perpetuity. I don't believe that. Some do. Um, I'm not one of them, you know, I hope I, you're right. I will 100% hope you're right. Yeah. It, and here's the thing too, like this, this new, uh, look, I follow the news very loosely, very loosely because I, do, I'm running multiple companies and trying yeah. to actually like enjoy my life. 
Um, so, but I, I, I see things, I, I read things just like the rest of us. And, and this new $3 trillion thing, like now we're throwing out trillions. Right. Like, back in 08, 09, you know, just over 10 years ago, um, 700, what was it? $750 billion started the Tea Party. Uh, you know, we lost our ever-loving minds over yep. $750 billion. Now, hey, Dustin, Dustin, so $3 trillion, and, and help me, because I, I got cougar math going on here. That's $3,000 billion, right? Yeah, I think, yeah. Just, Not, just let that sink in for a second. $3,000 right. Continue. It, it's insanity. And look, they haven't even gotten all the money out the, from the first one. Right, right. Like, I haven't received, well, no, I, I won't receive money, but my family hasn't. Like, I, there's so many people who still haven't. Not and right, so, right yep. you know, let's just do it again. And people are like, okay. And they don't think of the negative consequences of debt. Yep. Not to mention, like, do you want to have money given to you from the taxpayers? And there's a lot of people that'll say yes, but I'm not one of them. If you need it for a short period of time, or if you're like, you know what, I could use that chunk now and put a down payment on this, or I could use that and start that business, or I could do something productive for society or for my family. I completely am on board with that. I get it. But the people that, that like yeah. you said, they choose to just sit back and be a leech instead of going out and doing something. And look, I think that leads to depression. I think that leads to uh, unhappiness because yeah. if you don't have anything mm -hmm. that you're working towards or building and you're reliant on somebody else, look, outside, look, even outside the context of the stimulus money from the government, when you are reliant on somebody else, you don't have power, you don't have control. And, and that can wear on people emotionally in a very negative way. Absolutely. And now we're going to create generations yeah. of people that are like that. Like that's not productive. Yeah. Nope. I don't know. Jacked up. No, and that you bring One, up a great point. I mean, and and the thing is, is and I want to I want to touch on this just a little bit. Um, I mean, this is Dustin right here. This is Dustin who's got a bazillion things going on right now. And both Luke and I can relate in the sense of I don't want a boss. I don't want a boss in the traditional sense because I, I just I don't feel like I can grow. And 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 to be that's I think that's why we become entrepreneurs type of people is because we want to get off of our ass. We want to be able to try as much as we can be in control of our future. Obviously we really don't have that much control, but we try to have as much as we can. That's the direction we want to go. And, and that's why I got out of the nine to five and, and nine. Here's the thing. Nine to five works for people. I got people in my family. It works. It works fantastic for them. And they're very successful in their finances. They're very, they're good stewards of their money. They're happy with what they do. I get it. I'm not knocking that at all. <laughs> there are times, there are times I think, man, nine to five, at least I don't have to worry about this stuff anymore. <laughs> oh my God. Absolutely. Dude, that's the thing that yeah. most people don't talk about with entrepreneurship is the amount of headspace that's, that's taken up by just thinking about your business and, mm -hmm. You know, like when you guys mentioned earlier, it's like, okay, I've got to post this here. I've got to create this graphic. I need to do this. I need to do this. All that stuff you're thinking about all the time when it's your business. I, every once in a yeah. while, I'm like, that'd be kind of nice to just like clock out at five or six and and just my mind would be free for the rest of the night. Um, 
you know, it, it's a give and a take. Some people want that, value that. Um, they, they see the, um, the security of a paycheck, you know, like that's fine. I, I've been an employee yeah. before. I know what that's like. I get it. Um, not everyone should be an entrepreneur. <laughs> that's for damn sure. <laughs> wow. but, um, you know, like it, everyone just needs to do, do them you know, and be cool with it one way or another. Like, you know, there, yeah. there's pros and cons to being an entrepreneur. It, usually in the short term, yeah. a lot more cons than pros. But I just, I, there you go. Oh man. It's funny. You mentioned like being able to turn it off. I lay in bed sometimes thinking about crap that I'm like, I can't get it to go Absolutely. away. And then I, and I think, man, I remember back when I was just a sales manager for an industrial company, like I made pretty good money and I just worked from like seven till five and then I went home <laughs> and then I just yeah. shut it off until the next morning at seven. Now it's like one in the morning and I'm laying in bed. I'm on my phone like, okay, what could I be doing? Where's this texting pits at, you know, Oh, dark 30. Hey bro. Um, what do you think about this idea? We should talk to whatever it, you know, it's constant. It's constant. And yeah, it's not for everybody, but you know, it's what we love. You know, at the end of the day, I couldn't imagine doing it without it, but um you know, and right. you do have those people that need the nine to five. It's just a different mindset, different um, mentality. Nothing wrong with it. Nothing wrong with it whatsoever. Just different how people operate, how your headspace works. Um, but the people who are willing to sit at home when they're able to work, and I see restaurants like, I don't know if you heard about this, Pitts, Jason's, right by the Puyallup Fair. Yeah. It's been there for 40 years, right on the hill. It's shut down permanently. They can't afford to reopen, so they're going out of business. Um the uh, yeah, the Mount Rainier um, logging museum and railroad just announced yesterday that they're shutting down permanently unless someone saves them in the next year because they can't uh, run their schedule. So there's no money for places like this that have been around for decades and decades. There are still small businesses that have been run by families or whatever, and you know, and throw them. Uh oh! I need to reset the gerbils out there at Weaver Woods. On back of a truck or whatnot. That's just irritating. <laughs> Clear. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm telling you, dude. They're getting old. They're getting old. <laughs> We're laughing because your internet totally crapped out for like 20 seconds. Yeah. <laughs> oh, dude. It happens, man. I live out here in the middle of nowhere on, you know, a bunch of acreage and trees everywhere. Probably once a week, this happens. I can hear you guys perfectly laughing and everything. And, but yeah, it is what hey, it is. Molly's I wouldn't have it any other way. Uh, as a teacher, we never turn off. And I, you know what? I, I believe that. I totally believe that. Um, Andrea yeah. says, my head does my head doesn't do the entrepreneur thing. I like having a schedule every day. This teaching from home thing sucks. Also, another reason I'm crafty, creative freedom. Can we talk about teachers for a second? Let's talk about teachers for a second. Oh yeah. So oh, up yeah. until up until COVID, teachers were becoming super underappreciated. And <laughs> parents were yelling at teachers when their kid did something shitty, right? Yep. Um, it, it was, it was yeah. bad. I think now, I think this lockdown, one of the silver linings is teachers will be more appreciated than ever before in our generation. Because now we all know, those of us with kids, we <laughs> know how hard it is just to get them to sit down for 30 freaking minutes in front of a computer <laughs> and watch a video. 
you know, let alone doing oh. their worksheets, doing their work and doing it right. Uh, my wife is, I mean, she's like, she's like, yeah, we're never going to do that, that uh, homeschool thing. No, <laughs> not built for it. No. And no. we respect what teachers do so much more now than ever. And we respected it before, but now we know. Mm-hmm. Um, so teachers, God bless. I saw somebody post on Facebook about a week or two ago and said, uh, to, to all you teachers out there that said my child was a pleasure to have in class, you're full of crap. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, I've had a couple moments where I've looked at my life. And I'm like, Man, I, I didn't realize you were uh oh, Luke. Uh oh, Luke. You, you better get the raccoons going now. Happen. Like. <laughs> Luke. Luke. Reset the gerbils. <laughs> We've lost him. We've lost him. Uh, Kimberly says definitely a newfound respect for teachers. Um, parent, uh, Christian says parents have decided teachers deserve the big bucks instead of athletes and Hollywood stars. And Kimberly says, we also know our kids are not great in class. <laughs> right. So, so true. Yeah. It, so yes, teachers, I believe are very underpaid for sure. We, we as taxpayers and citizens of our States can control that with our voting and who we put into power and all that stuff. You know, um, and, and the thing the, the thing you also bring up there is is maybe not only do we we need to appreciate teachers more, but maybe we need to look at curriculum a little bit more. Maybe no. that maybe we're asking too much of our teachers to do in a short period of time. I mean, when I was in school, I, I see what my kids go through now versus what I did when I was in school, and it's insane to me. It's like they have double or triple the workload that I had when I was a kid, and and maybe maybe we shouldn't focus so much on these we got to achieve all these crazy test scores but maybe we should just focus on creating great individuals and not up and be a leech on society yeah and maybe you have luke by the way says money for once what's that and maybe actually teach personal finance teach about money teach you know uh, basics because you can do it starting from kindergarten all the way up now I know that you can take a personal finance course but it should be absolutely required across the board I it I do not understand totally agree with you totally agree with you ba- the basics the basics of finance I mean the thing was when I when I left high school I had no idea of how credit worked. And so when I got into college, all of a sudden, here's a credit card application. Here's a credit card application. Here's a credit card application. And it's just like, oh, it's free money. And not realizing, hey, dummy, when you put stuff on a credit card, you should probably have a purpose behind it and not just willy nilly go with it. Um, you know, and that's, I, I think you, I think you've hit on the head. Personal finance, that there's, there should be an aspect of it every single year above grade. I, just. Yep. We need to we need to make not make that sounds like we're making robots. We need to have better better people, all well rounded, well rounded. I mean, you got to be able to make dinner. You got to be able to maybe change the oil in your car. I mean, just change the tire on your car. Just some basic things to make our society better. And, and I think we start like with personal finance. I think you hit it on the head there. Yeah, and and yes, it's taught, but it's not required. 
It's not like English class. Like I always hated English class, all that crap. Here's what's funny. Like I hated English, didn't want to do it, didn't want to read, didn't want to write. Um, I was like, look, I can, I know how to write. I know how to read and I can speak the language. <laughs> and I just get an A, right? Um, and now, now like I'm a columnist for Housing Wire. I've, I speak, you know, uh, professionally, um, all this mm -hmm. crazy stuff. And school does not necessarily produce those people at all. Um, right. It's, right. We're just checking all these boxes because of curriculum that's been the same forever. Get rid of one of them or dramatically reduce one and put in personal finance taught by someone who knows what the hell they're doing and and increase the savviness or increase the, uh, the level every single year or every term or whatever. Right. Mandatory across the board for every student. Right. And I mean, you could start in kindergarten, just freaking talk about cupcakes. Yeah. If, if you know, just I, dude, <laughs> we have a new passion. Freaking teach economics in school, just basic economics, well, too. I mean, somewhat. Andrea teaches it up there in um, uh, Lake Stevens. And we had it in high school. We had uh, skills for the 21st century. Um, but it was, I mean, in my mind, and I know Andrea will battle me this because our skills for the 21st century teacher Lisa Ignis is like her and she loves her to death <clears throat> but in my mind it was like the most dumbed down version of like how you can barely get by like this is how you write a check I remember literally like writing checks this is how you balance it you know uh, a checkbook or a banking account both of both things by the way would basically extinct within about five years of me being going through that class um, yeah, I, I fully agree. Doesn't I, <clears throat> you should in high school it they do teach home economics to a point, but I I would like to see it where, where it's an entire semester, it's a class, and it's taken and and get through um, and learn how to have some personal responsibility. And Rory said the same thing. God, I remember when I got to and I got the credit card for college students, whatever, and they gave me like a five hundred dollar limit. And what did I do? Like immediately, I went out and bought like a new pair of Jordans or something. You know, just something I didn't I didn't need. So I'm like, oh, no big deal. I'll just pay this off. Um, yeah, it's definitely something that needs to be taught. And it's funny, you bring up the auto thing. God, we had a guy when I was in the Marine Corps, Jason Fernandez, bro. And I'll never forget this. We are driving. He's like a 21-year-old, 22-year-old dude. And him, myself, and our good buddy Ryan <clears throat> were driving down I-5 to San Diego to go out in the gas lamp district for the night. <clears throat> and we blow a tire. So Jason pulls his car to the side of the road. He's driving. And he's like, what do we do now? And we're like, bro, uh, change the tire. And he's like, well, how do you do that? Do you got to call somebody? And I'm like, dude, dude's 22 years old. So we're like, all right, <clears throat> we get out of the car. And Ryan and I look at the tires. And first of all, every one of them is slick as snot. And so we, uh, Ryan's like, I'll change the tire. And he's trying to show Jason how to do it. And then we pop the whole tire off. And Ryan rolls to the side to Jason and says, hey, man, uh, take care of this. Next thing I know, I turn around and Jason is turning and chucking the entire rim and tire and everything off the side of the road into the bushes and we're like dude what are you doing and he's like well the tire's bad and we're like you need the rim bro like you got to go get a new tire you need the wheel and he's like dude i thought they just came with it and we're like and so jokingly, jokingly ryan goes dude you changed the oil in this car right and he's like what do you mean change oil and we're like change you changed the oil in the car right and he goes well i mean it came with oil and we're like <laughs> How long have you owned this car, Jason? And he's like, like three years. Hadn't changed the oil in three years. He had put like 40-something thousand miles on it. And I'm just like, how is this thing still running? 
Right. But I, it goes back to this idea that like, okay, I, I mean, I hate to say it, but like Fernandez didn't have a male role model in his life to teach him. Any of this. His mom didn't teach him. You know, my wife would teach it. She's out there slinging tires. She doesn't care, but yeah. no one taught him any of this stuff. And I hate to put the responsibility on his own school, but maybe, maybe this is something the kids got to learn. There's got some part of like, Hey, this is how you take care of a car. If you're going to go out into the world, because at the end of the day, these things that maybe we don't think should be taught in school, they're going to have an effect on society, how people operate in the world, um, you know, how safe they are and that kind of stuff. People like Fernandez, great kid, just sent out into the world without a clue on basically how to survive. Yeah. Yeah. And another, I mean, there's the skills and everything. And, and look, a lot of that's on us as parents. Right. 100. It, it is. Yeah. Um, teachers can certainly do their part and give a different perspective on certain things that what should be the most important things. I'm sorry to kill a mockingbird is not important for humans to know. It's not. But every great book person that graduates needs to know how money works, how to manage it, what it means, how to put it to work for you, all that stuff. They don't need to know the, the meanings behind to kill a mockingbird. I'm sorry. Um, but it, I don't know, man. It, th so there's the, there's that, um, I have world war three. And you're talking, I lost my train of thought. you're talking to, a, you're talking to an English major. So I, my, my degree, my college degree is in English writing, fiction writing. And so whenever you say like, we don't need to kill a mockingbird, there's a part of my soul that dies, but, um, <laughs> you, have a, you don't need, but you have a genuine, you have a genuine point. Like I love to kill a mockingbird. I love doing that stuff. But there is a part of me that says like, if you want to really dissect literature and you have a good time with that, maybe that should be an elective. Right. And the part of English that we teach as mandatory is stuff like communication stuff, speaking in public, uh, you know, writing, uh, you know, an argumentative paper, the things that are really kind of necessary that we're, you're going to use in the world. And so yeah. um, I, I can definitely see that point. Yeah. And adversity, right? I think mm -hmm. one of the most important things about school is the social component where you learn how to, how to communicate with people and get along with them. And, and I'm, anyone who's trying to remove adversity from their child's life, you're, you're not doing them any favors. No, it's a disservice. No. A lot of the stuff we're seeing right now uh, in pop culture or politically, you know, like the, the real wacko stuff, Interesting, they're the participation trophy people, right? Yeah. We're starting yeah. to see the, those fruits of, you know, we're starting to see what happens when you remove adversity from, from people. Adversity yeah. creates strong people and strong people um, have better lives. Well, there's a, um, I would recommend to both of you, there's um, um, a professor out there. I can't remember she's at. It's like, I want to say Cornell or something. Anyways, Angela Duckworth, if you haven't read some of her stuff, I highly recommend picking it up. Angela Duckworth basically has made a career in studying the idea of grit. Like, where does grit come from? And she's talking about people like Sherman Alexie, the, the famed uh, Native American author who grew up on the reservation in Washington State, on the Yakima Reservation, without a pot to piss in. And on it, you know, his parents weren't involved, like, you know, his parents were there, but alcoholics and all this kind of stuff. But yet somehow he had the gumption to kind of pick himself up by the bootstraps and walk 
himself off of the res and get to a school that could educate him and basically lifted himself up, rose himself up from the dust, got himself into college, became this famed writer. And so she studies people like that, like where do they have that intrinsic grit from and why do some people have it? And some people just lay down dead on the side of the road and say, well, this was a, this was the hand that I was dealt. And if you can identify the people like where do they come up with, you know, why do they have this grit? Can you teach it? Can you teach people how to overcome adversity? Can you teach kids from a young age? Can you? And I think what you just said is like spot on. I, I think there's a side of it you can teach, but teaching how to have grit means that you have to see your kids cry once in a while and deal with pain. Like it sucks, right? I mean, my kids come home sometimes or something doesn't go their way or they have a bad game or whatever. And it's just, this is life. Like, you know, we have crappy days in real estate all the time, right? We have crappy days in life where things just don't go well. We have crappy weeks. Ain't no one giving us a trophy on Friday and telling us it's okay. So, you know, and, and I think that a part of that, like what you just said, part of that teaching that grit is allowing your kids, allowing youth to experience adversity, experience pain, and learn how to pick themselves up on their own. Yep. Absolutely. Yeah, right I, think that, I think that was one of the best life lessons I had growing up. And I think I've shared this story before. I, I was a first grader playing T-ball. I know it's T-ball, you know, whoopity-doo. But the thing was, we actually had trophies. And our team finished second place that year, which pissed me off. I was furious beyond end. As a little kid, I'm just angry Rory. We finished in second place. You know what we did the next year? We beat the hell out of everybody and finished undefeated. That's what we did. And it's those little life lessons that stick with me the rest of my life. So if I feel like I'm if if, if I feel like I'm um, a failure, I feel like I'm I'm just down. Those are the kind of things that help bring me back up. Those are things that make me go. You know what? It's okay. I can get past this. I can I can beat this. I can move forward. And and I've seen that in my daughter, my oldest daughter Jessie. Um, she had a situation a couple of years ago where she applied for something and she didn't get it. Mm. And she went into her room for about a half an hour and she came out and she said, okay, dad, here's my plan. Here's what I'm going to do moving forward. And I'm like, that's it right there. A appreciate the suckiness of something and grow from it. And it, you're absolutely right. The participate, the participation trophy generation, what we're seeing right now is, is this self, and not all of them, not all of them, but we're seeing the right. selfishness of, and we'll bring it back to the mask. If you're not wearing a mask, you're endangering me. And it, it's like, no, I'm not. No, no, I'm not. Am I, am I more than six feet away from you? Yes. I am. I'm caring enough to stay away from you. Yet we got people out there and we call them Karens. We call them Kyle's. Sorry, Karen. Sorry, Karen Kyle. Kyle's. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that, that lose their mind over stuff. And it, it's just, it's yeah. part of that group, uh, that group think is what it is. I don't even want to pick on individual people. It's just this group think of the, the world, the world, I deserve something from the world. I deserve my stimulus check. I deserve all of this stuff. And it's like, hold on a second. Maybe you don't, maybe you deserve to get your, your, uh, your attitude knocked down a couple of rungs and learn about real life. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's, oh, yeah. it's that entitlement is being trained into a lot of kids these days and adults. I mean, we see it. Oh yeah. 
we all see it with with people we work with in in the real estate industry um, <laughs> and and it's one of those things that like it's so deep wired or so hardwired into them um from something in the past so i i don't know man like my son is he's almost six he's just he's now to that point where it's like i've got it if he gets in a fight on the playground with somebody like figure it out you know like unless yeah. someone like picks up a giant sword and is like going to stab the other kid like it, you don't intervene you know you let the kids work it yeah. out and figure it out and if one gets hit um yeah. like you've got to learn some adversity. Uh, I, I just think, I don't know, that makes stronger people, which makes yeah. happier people and a more productive society. And I don't know. I think we just solved it right here, fellas. We just let people through yeah. adversity yeah. and America's fixed. Yeah. We all vote bro. Yeah. 2024. Well, hey, I got one last thing for you guys. I know you guys are both uh, sports fans. Uh, I believe, Brom, you're a... You're a jazz fan, right? Yeah. Okay. So I, I I found this article this morning. What the heck? Oh, I love pop-up ads. That's fantastic. Now, look, let me preface this. Here's my disclaimer. I do like sports. I watch and pay attention to very, very little. Hardly any. Okay. Okay. Well, you'll appreciate this because you know the name Richard Sherman. And I yeah. know that you know the 49ers. Yeah. Um, the freaking pop-up ads. I'm going to punch you in the face. Um, oh, boy. So Richard Sherman this morning, he puts out there on social media. Or actually, it was yesterday. My apologies. Yesterday, uh, he says on Twitter, money changes everything. Teams started exploring options outside the state, and all of a sudden, the timeline changed. So that's in response to Governor Gavin, Gavin Newsom saying, oh, wait a second. Um, maybe we can figure out a way to get sports started sooner rather than later. <laughs> Yeah. And, uh, you know, Richard's just like, hey, funny how things change when money is brought into the picture. So along those lines, what do you guys see as far as sports coming back where we can actually start <clears throat> seeing things? I know we I think we had a NASCAR event over the weekend that had no fans. Uh, and we've got baseball talking about playing games uh, in Arizona and Florida or whatever. What are you guys are, are you guys going to are you going to see the almighty dollar? start pushing more sporting events to happen 100 always yep yeah it's gonna happen quick i think it's gonna happen much quicker than we think i think a lot of, like a month ago i was like well hell are we gonna be even okay for nfl and then i was reading some stuff this morning before coming on not only did you have nascar over the weekend you also had golf over the weekend um tennis is looking at ways to put things in place one of my all-time favorites is horse racing um you know, they, they announced they're still going to run the Belmont today, uh, you know, or in, in two, what is it, June 6th or something like that. It's coming up. And then, um, you know, they're talking about that. The NFL is exploring ways to have actual like masks in their helmets and all this kind of stuff. Like it's going to come quick. It's going to wow. I think it's going to come much quicker than any of us. The MLS started uh, practicing yesterday. Soccer. Um, the Sounders picked back up practice yesterday in anticipation for their season being resumed in Orlando within a month. Um with all games being played in Orlando. I, I think within a month, you're going to see MLB, MLS, all the sports that should be playing right now, having a, de a definitive start date um, and things are going to be figured out money. Dude. Sure. Hey, we we've said it for years. We, we watched Sherman play here for a long time. Um, and he's not, he's not dumb. We know that he's a smart, educated guy. And what he's saying is exactly spot on money is going to talk. 
and it's going to be back and it's going to be back quick. And when guys like Snell, um, the uh, ace Cy Young pitcher from Tampa Bay, is saying like, hey, I'm not going to go out and play for pennies, you know, and that's a big product. It's it's going to happen, you know. And Austin says, Luke, with the fans, um, here's the thing, man. And I said this before. They're going to find a way to generate money. They're going to find a way to generate money. Do you think that if they can't have fans in an NFL game come September, that they're not going to make it that it's a pay-to-watch thing on TV? Every going to be pay-per-view. They're going to find a way to generate money. And you know what? The fans will pay. The fans will pay to watch. Yeah. Yeah. It, isn't all the money really from merchandise and TV and, and all of that stuff? It's not really um, – Ticket sales, right? I mean, I, I know ticket sales is not small, but it's not the majority of income, right? No, 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 not at all. Right. Yeah, it's all it's all the contracts that they have, like you said, with uh, TV deals and and merchandise and all that. Yeah, yeah, it's going to come down to where these sports are happening because Salt Lake City is not Seattle, is not Manhattan, is not Italy, right? Like the vast differences. So, um, yeah, it's going to come down to where they're at and the uh, the comfort level of the fans. So, you know, maybe like every other seat is empty uh, unless you're a family or something like that or whatever. Um, we'll see. It's going to be interesting, but uh, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, it'll be interesting cool. for sure. All right, you guys. Well, we actually got to get rolling today. We actually got to leave on time today because we all, all three of us have something going on right after the show. Um, Thank you so much, Dustin. If people want to find out more about Dustin, you can uh, check out his podcast, The Massive Agent Podcast, where he holds no bar, bars no hold. I don't know. He, <laughs> he, he is very open and honest about business. Uh, he's Occasionally, he chases squirrels on his podcast, but nonetheless, you got to check him out. If you're a real estate agent, check out Dustin. Uh, he just He brings the real heat on there. Um, other than that, man, thank you so much for joining us. It was great to have you on the show today, Dustin. Thanks, fellas. Appreciate, appreciate it. it. Take Absolutely. care, you guys, and we'll see you guys on Thursday. See ya. That was wonderful. Bravo. I loved that. Oh, it was great. Well, it was pretty good. Well, it wasn't bad. Well, there were parts of it that weren't very good, yeah, though. It could have been a lot better. I didn't really like it. It was pretty terrible. It was bad. It was awful. I was terrible. Get him away. Hey, boo. Boo. <laughs> End of line, man.